If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. There's no purpose in teaching anybody who don't really want to learn, who really don't want to get to it. Everybody want to play entrepreneur. They don't want the sacrifice that come with this shit. Hmm. Truly, speak on it. You're going to lose friends, lose girlfriends, family going to call you crazy, not going to believe in you, then you make it, and then everybody going to be like, I'm proud of you, let me get some money. What I've realized that wealthy people understand, Mm -hmm. and people in general, it's the small concepts that you can apply to get wealthy. You don't gotta be super smart and gotta know all the intricacies of real estate or taxes or e-commerce or whatever, trucking, whatever it is. It's good if you wanna be rich in that business, but you don't need to know that. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know small, basic concepts. Mm -hmm. And one of the smallest basic concepts that anybody can understand is get money by income. Mm. Get money by more money. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on place. What up, what up, what up? It's your boy Jalen, man. Another episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Here with my brothers, Kelly and Jared. How y'all brothers doing today, man? Man, man, great, man. We got a great podcast, man. Hey, yeah. The energy, this man already coming hey, in. Yeah, man. man. Got me hey, hyped man. up. Got me ready. Hey, got me lit. Every time we talk to this man, this man coming with some great energy, bro. Hey, this yeah, man just man. had you hype. You can't be around this man and <laughs> not, not be hyped, bro. bro. Like, if every this nigga time. Was a, like, a coach y'all, football coach y'all some shit. I swear to God, they're going to every, every, every year. Every respect, year. Respect, <laughs> respect, respect. Real shit, man. But, man, if y'all have listened to the podcast before, You've listened to one of his episodes before. We got our brother back on, man. He's doing some amazing things. So happy to be able to reconnect 
And if you're on YouTube watching this, which I suggest you should be, subscribe. Man, y'all see yes, my brother sir. right here sitting with us. Let's we in H Town. We Let's in go. his city. Let's go. Let's I want to say welcome back to the show, Mr. Paris Washington. Let's what's happening with it, my man, brother? What's up with it, man? What's up, man? Hey, look, when I got that message from y'all boys, y'all already know what time it was. It was a no-brainer. So I just appreciate the invite, man. But you already know I'm high energy to the max at all times, man. But I'm ready. Let's get it. Let's get it. Hey, man. Let's thank get you, it. Thank you. Thank you. Let's well, for it. anybody who's not familiar with you, just give them a brief introduction. Who is Paris Washington? Man, Paris Washington is somebody very, very, very unique. First off, I'll start off with the name. You know, you can't have a name like Paris and don't be <laughs> unique. You know what I'm saying? So... Man, just a little bit about me, man. I'm from a small city, Oakdale, Louisiana, you know, born and raised. Shout out uh, to the boot. H-Town. Yeah, shout yeah. out to the boot. You know, I've been in H-Town since 2015, 2016-ish <clears throat> for good. But, uh, man, like crazy, crazy. I can't tell you, you know, like nothing without going through a little bit about who I really am. I grew up no mother, no father. You know what I'm saying? Like from nothing. Foster care systems, ex-drug dealer. Man, I'm talking about the nasty things, too. The rats, the roaches, the possums grew up, man. I had to live that lifestyle. But that's who created me to this day. You know, I'm the baby of four. The only one to graduate from high school. The only one to go to college and do something with myself. I also felt like that weight was on my shoulder. But I had the opportunity to, you know, dominate in high school. Played a little college football. Went to Louisiana Tech University. Hey, how about Played a little dogs? football there at La Tech. <laughs> and then I transferred over to Prairie View A&M University. Started off, uh, was getting my degree in kinesiology. And then I transferred to business administration, got my degree in management. I worked in the snack food industry for about a year and a half once I graduated from college. And man, I ain't gonna lie, you know, working at nine to five, getting paid $55,000 a year is cool from, you know, a person coming from the hood, coming from not having anything, getting that offer. Oh, I'm gonna pay you $50,000 a year. I was cool with it and I took it until I started working that job, going to that office, driving an hour and 10 hours to work every day, an hour and 15 back every day. I said, man, you know what? I got to stop. I can't do this no more. This is not going to get me where I want. I ain't going to lie. I'm not even going to lie to y'all right now. If I get on this podcast and say that I want to live an average lifestyle, I'll be lying to you. I want the Lamborghinis. I want the G-Wagons. I want the Jets. I want the yachts. I want all of it. I want the big house. Why? Because I never had it. So I want it. I want to see what it feels like. And coming up in a lifestyle I lived in makes me want it even more because I've seen it. You know what I'm saying? So but man, I had the opportunity to say, man, you know what? Working this job, working for someone else won't make me a millionaire. You know what I'm saying? So I had the opportunity to uh, save up about $10,000 for my job. And I said, you know what? I've been watching HGTV for the last couple of years. Let me try this real estate stuff out. So I left my nine to five, man, and uh, I started working as an entrepreneur. You know, I had a mobile detailing service at the time. And that's what was giving me by while I was going to get my real estate license. And then, man, I just took off from there. Once I got my license, I closed a couple of deals representing people. And then I started getting into flipping. And once I started flipping homes, it was up from there, you know, $20,000, $40,000, $70,000, $100,000 checks. And then, man, I said, you know what? That's cool too, right? <laughs> you start making these small goals, $20,000, $50,000, $100,000. Then you start setting goals like, all right, that's cool. Let me see if I can go get a ticket. Mm-hmm. I want to see if I can touch a meal. You know, let me see if I can really become a millionaire. Mm-hmm. So then with that being said, man, I started learning how to use the OPM strategy and TBM strategy. And man, I finally became a millionaire by going over into the multifamily space, man, and just been dominating from there, bro. But that's Sheesh. me. That's the one and only Paris Washington <laughs> in a nutshell, man. I'm ready to give y'all more energy. Let's get it. Sheesh. Let's go. Let's man, get it. a lot has changed since we last talked, my brother. For sure. You just dropped that nugget about that multifamily. <laughs> For sure. We definitely going to get into that. <laughs> For sure. Were you flipping last time we had? Spoke? I think he had just. Are you? Were you host? 
I think the last time we talked, man, I think I had just kind of get start transitioning out of flipping. Mm. And now, you know, I'm going to get back and flipping a little mm-hmm. bit, too, because that's really what started, like, climbing towards the peak of the mountain. You know, the bottom was educating myself, learning. And then I started climbing once I started flipping homes because now I'm seeing large checks. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get a $50,000 check, you get a $100,000 check. You can make some boss moves with that, right? Facts. So now I'm starting to figure out, right, let me save a couple of these $50,000 checks, $100,000 checks, and go get into the multifamily space, which that's where the big dog's at. You can't get in the multifamily space with pennies. I mean, it's ways you can through using, you know, doing syndications and stuff like that and crowdfunding and different type of funding programs. But me, I was able to control my asset by saving a lot of money myself Mm -hmm. and putting a larger down payment on it so I can control the asset. This asset you speak of, what kind of asset is it? So it's actually a 21-unit apartment complex, man, located in the prime, prime, prime area. Man, I actually got it. It's across the street from NRG Stadium, so it's in a prime really? location, minutes away That's from crazy. the Galleria, minutes away from the medical center, minutes away from downtown. Man, it's, like I say, Galleria right down the street. I How mean, did you find that? So, I mean, I actually got it from a wholesaler that was big in the game, you know, and uh, he actually helped me put the deal together, man. So, he ran across and said that he got a deal he wasn't able to take down. So, I paid him $60,000 on an assignment fee, on a wholesale fee. It was a big payday for him as well, but it was a win-win situation because yeah. I was able to get that asset at, uh, man, well below what it's actually worth today. Mm-hmm. Well below. Yeah. So it's crazy. So I kind of want to go into the flipping a little bit more, too, because, you know, a lot of people do see flipping, For you sure. know, they think is, man, it's about to be fun. I'm about to do all of this and stuff. For sure. And they see HGTV. For sure. But can we talk about some of the troubles and some of the headaches and some of them hard nights that actually come with flipping? So me, I'm going to tell you this, right? We had a long conversation the other day, right? And it was actually me and my girl, right? They say, which one is mostly important, the want or the capacity to do I'm going to let y'all answer that real quick. Which one is most important? I'm going to be honest with you. Which one is mostly important, the want or the capacity to do? The want. I'm going to say the want is the most important, right? Because see, to me, like, I don't really look at shit as being hard, right? That goes to the capacity, right? If I want it, I don't care what come with it. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it happen. Now, let's really get down to it, right? I just wanted to throw that out there. You know, that's going to get a lot of the people thinking, which one is mostly important? And a lot of people will say the capacity. Because if you don't have the mental stability, if you don't understand, then how can you do? It don't matter if you want. But yeah. to me, I think you can create it. Because see, me, I graduated in high school. I was low. I was below, below. Man, I was at a 2.2 GPA. My freshman and sophomore year was a 1.9. So I'm not the smartest man in the room, right? But I create based off of the want. Mm. And nothing else matters. So getting into the flipping, right? What's the most important, the hardest thing when you get into flipping? I'll tell you this. A lot of people come to me and say, Paris, I want to start flipping real estate. The hardest thing is having the capital to do. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But a lot of people don't know that you can leverage other things. OPM, you can leverage credit cards. You can do all type of things to start flipping. But... Finding your contractors is another thing because contractors, they come and go. I done been through, man, probably 70 different contractors, probably 100 different contractors since I've been in the business. On my apartment deal, I went through four electricians, three plumbers, two roofers, you know, all types. So at the end of the day, the hardest thing is really finding a solid team, but it takes years. If you meet a lot of the greats that's in the apartment space or in the flipping Mm -hmm. space and the agent side of the business in real estate, 
they tell you, man, honestly, I can't give you my contractor because they know what it's like to get one that they can work with and be on call and understand what they're doing and understand their business. So to me, I think flipping is just building the right team around you in order for you to be successful because you can't see a $100,000 check if a contractor charging you $70,000 for the renovation. So I had the benefit to getting a contractor for five, six thousand dollars. Sometimes just labor doing a whole house. So how do you find that good contractor? You say you had to go through so many. How do you keep that? Especially the mindset, like bro, I just went through my fifth electrician. Bro, how the hell I'm gonna find another one? <laughs> Man, you know, so it gets tough, bro. I mean, so it's multiple different ways, right? You can use Facebook. You can go out on Facebook and see all of these different groups and say, "Hey, I'm looking for an electrician. I'm looking for a plumber." And people really like looking for work. They want to go find work because they need to feed their family. So you just keep interviewing. But the hardest thing is keep going. Sometimes you're going to get to a point where you just want to shut down. But I mean, as long as you keep going, that's one of the hardest things, too, is just keep going. You got to keep good energy. And that's why I walk in the room with energy. I come in with energy because you got to keep it up, man. Because as soon as you lose that energy, bro, you're going to lose on your asset. You're going to lose on your profits. Sup, family? Hope you've been enjoying the show. I have a serious question for all my entrepreneurs real quick. Is your business moving forward or is it stagnant? Don't you want to know how to get more clients, how to build better infrastructure, how to dominate in your industry? Well, you need to be at the 10th annual Run Business Conference in Dallas, Texas on July 16th. Run Business Conference will have experts teaching on trucking and logistics, government contracts, real estate, finance, credit, business automation, and so much more. Man, look, fam, y'all got to get ready to run. Get ready to run your life, run your business, and run up this bag. You're only one contract away from changing the trajectory of your business. Link is in the description to get tickets. Let's run it. Run Conference 2022. Man, everything matters. You say the energy. I got to act. Like, is there ever days where you just wake up and like, nigga, I don't feel like doing this shit today. <laughs> of course, I get like that, bro. But you got to understand where you're going. And I know, too, man, the lack of energy, it affects your business. Yeah, yeah. You walk in like, man, you walk in arguing and, you know, you down every single day. There's no way you can get to the top. You down. You already lost. Mm. So I try to tell myself when today. Win a day, come good energy, bring good energy, and then you dominate. It just comes afterwards. I think a lot of my wins come from just having good energy. I could believe that. I dog, promise man. you. That law of attraction, as people like it. to call it, you know, you put it out and then you receive it. And the power of the subconscious mind. What mm. you, you know what I'm saying? Your mind can tell you that you can jump to the moon, but guess what your conscious mind gonna tell you? Man, you crazy. crazy. You ain't jumping <laughs> to the moon, right? But I'm telling you, I really feel like I can jump to the moon. Can I jump to the moon? Yeah. I can jump to the moon. Even before I try to tell myself, man, you really can't jump to the moon. I can jump to the moon. It just depends on what your mentality is. Whatever your mentality, whatever you think you can do. Man, at the end of the day, I'm going to get into this too. And I'm going to let y'all ask me another question. Man, it all starts with the perspective. You got to go back to it. You going to the gym once a week. You know what I'm saying? You eating right once a month. You already told yourself you lost. You don't even believe in your process. You ain't being consistent. Man, you got to go back to the root, man. You got to go back to the root. You ain't being consistent. It's just like that. So I kind of want to get into more of the flipping side as well. Like, for sure. So what was, I'm going to say, the most lucrative flip for you? And when was it that mindset shift that said, okay, I got to get out the flipping game and now I got to level up and go to this multifamily? Man, my most lucrative flip by far 
was my last flip that I did, and I done a hundred thousand on. It was like a hundred and ten thousand. So of course, I represented myself and made about eight thousand dollars on the commission side. Oh, you of sold it as well, and then I sold it as well, and I made a hundred thousand dollars on the actual property itself. And that one was hard, right? Because you say, like, what's hard? That when I went through different contractors. I had one of my partners, bro, that's dominating the space right now. Takeover movement contractors, Troy Ben, slept in my property for two weeks on an ad mattress with no furniture in it, no nothing, to help me get through that flip. I was down. I'm like, bro, I went through three different contracts. They said, hey, I want to buy the house, back out. Want to buy the house, back out. Want to buy the house, back out. And I'm like, bro, like everybody keep backing out for random reasons. Mm-hmm. What then? Troy said, man, look, nah, bro, you done made it too far. Let me see the inspection report. I show him the inspection report. Homie say, oh, don't even worry about it. I'm going to take everything off the inspection report and I'm going to fix it. It's going to take me a while, but I'm going to fix it. Homie didn't have no car, no vehicle, no nothing. He was just getting started. Homie bought all of his tools that he had, the little tools that he had. I brought him to Walmart. We got him an ad mattress. He blew the ad mattress up. I took him food every single day. Every day, every day, every day. The fourth person that came, I ain't gonna lie, I thought the third was the charm, but obviously it was the fourth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then homie came through, my dude, which respect, I still respect this dude to this day. Man, he went in there and did what he had to do. And uh, But like I said, that was my most lucrative one, man. 110000 almost, man, just by representing myself and also selling it, made 110000 on it. Hmm. So what tips do you have for people that are maybe flipping or maybe even renovating their own home <clears throat> man, for people, when they get contractors for sure like of course you want to vet them right one of my specialties one thing that i really like to do especially whenever you're trying to go out and get contractors you interview them all at the same time right so whenever you call a contractor don't call one because they're going to think like they're the only ones available so what you want to do is whenever you set up your meetings with your contractors you need to set up meetings with seven or eight different ones if you interviewing electricians today at 12 o'clock you need to tell them boys that hey I got availability to meet you. I got a big project I want you to do, but I have to meet you at 12 o'clock p.m. today. Mm. Can't meet you at no other time. So whenever they show up at 12, they seeing XABC electrician, one, two, three electrician. They already know what time it is. They already they know, know what time it is. <laughs> you didn't so turn it into a big war. I didn't turn it into a big war. You got to get strategic when it comes to this. You got to get strategic. So whenever I say I had one contractor renovate my property for 6000 he was doing a lot of the stuff that the trades didn't do. You know, like the electricians, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't doing that. He wasn't doing the AC. You know, mm-hmm. he wasn't doing my plumbing. Well, he did a lot of the minor plumbing, but I didn't mm-hmm. have to do major plumbing on a lot of my stuff, right? If I had to do a rewire, I still can get electricians for the load just by making them going into a bidding war. That's one of my strategies on letting people who trying to get into the game, letting you know what to do. And another way is, like I say, OPM, OPM, OPM. Go get your credit score right so you can use the bank money. See if you can get the lines of credit. See, if I would have started all over again, I wouldn't have used my money. That's why I tell people every single time. You do not have to come up with 20. People say, oh, I don't have $20,000 to flip my first house. That's what it's going to cost you, 20, 30,000. It might cost you 15, but on average, 20 to 30. How do you get that? I ain't got 20, 30,000 dollars. Well, start wholesaling. You don't need money to do that. Go get your real estate license for $1,200 and then sell two houses. There you go, $12,000 right there. You're close to your first flip. So no excuses, capacity or won't. How you going to take it? Sheesh. Mm-hmm. Sheesh. Now, I kind of want to get into that real estate license side before we get into the big project. For sure, for sure. So you also sell as well. So like, how 
advantageous is that for you that you can sell? Mm-hmm. You also on the investing side for sure. Like, what type of advantage does that give you, dog? It's, it's a huge advantage. And honestly, it became to a point to where I had to start getting a little bit more focused, right? So I don't know if y'all know, this was some new heat for y'all today. I actually terminated my license recently. Really? I, I no longer own my real estate license. And it's crazy. It's going to funnel into what we're getting ready to talk about, right? So I terminated my license in order to stay focused, mm. right? It's cool to get into a space and dominate that space. But I always tell people, man, like, don't be a jack of all trades and a master of none. Right. So if, even though I'm still within the real estate space, I'm still like being a jack. Mm-hmm. I like the master. So now I'm switching over to I'm only heavily focused on one area. I'm only heavily focused on the multifamily space right now. But the benefits of having your real estate license, if you are flipping or if you are in the real estate space, you able to gain access to the MLS. You mm-hmm. understand how to comp your properties. You understand the market. You understand if it's a seller's market, a buyer's market, because you're in it every day. You know what buyers want. You know what sellers need. Mm-hmm. The downside to it is it's kind of hard to be on the wholesaling side of things and be an agent because it's kind of unethical. Mm-hmm. Because they teach you in the school of real estate that if a seller's house is worth 200000 why are you as a licensed agent going in there and saying, I want 100000 for your house? Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. unethical. But it's a lot of benefits if you flip your own house, you get that property from a wholesaler like I did, and then you go mm-hmm. get that property for a buck thirty, and then you putting it on the market for two fifty, two sixty, and then you represent yourself and save six percent on the transaction. You know, six percent of a hundred thousand is six thousand. Six percent of two hundred thousand is twelve thousand. Imagine representing yourself on a million dollar deal. Jeez. How much money you saving? How much bigger your people say? Oh man, I can't win on flips like yeah. I want to. Man, how you getting the fifty, sixty thousand dollar checks? Because I understand the game and I also knock out the middleman. I represent on all levels. So why would you terminate your license if you are gonna lose money? Then at that point, right? No, because my girl is a licensed real estate agent. Boy, that's, <laughs> that's a bar right there. So I'm gonna let my girl represent me. Chestnut right? chairs. It allows me more time to focus heavily on what the hell I need to do in order to win in life. Get focused, my people. Check your perspective. That's hard. That's so I got a question. So some people may be listening to this and thinking, well, okay, if I want to get a real estate, I got to get a license. Is that true? No, you don't. You know, so people reach out to me all the time in my DMs and say, Paris, I want to get into real estate. And my first question is, what type of real estate do you want to enter into? Mm. And guess what people say every time? I just want to get into real estate. No, go educate yourself. You can get in a commercial space, multifamily space. You can start flipping. You can start wholesaling. You can be an agent. You can be a bird dog. Like You can do all type of things, of right? You but you do not need a license to go get into real estate. You only need a license to do the agent side of the business, representing people on single family and commercial deals. But if you just want to get into the space, Look up bird dogs. Look up wholesaling. Bird dogs is at the bottom of the bottom. A bird dog is like a person that's a mail driver, a UPS truck, a FedEx truck, and he find he driving these different streets every single day. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So you looking at all the distressed properties, you putting mail in mailboxes that got a thousand letters in, and then you go tell that investor, like, hey, I got a deal for you. He closed on it. You can tell that boy every deal you close on that I've represented you as a bird dog, I'm on five hundred dollars. I want a thousand dollars because the investor gonna make 20, 30, 40 yeah. plus thousand dollars on it anyway. 
Mm-hmm. Wholesaling, another way to get in. All you're doing is trading, all you're doing is assigning a contract. You don't even buy the property. It goes from A, B, C, B, go connect with A, and then he also connects with C and make money in between. So it's so many different ways to get into real estate. You just got to know whenever you come to me and you ask me, say, Paris, I want to get into real estate. You need to know and educate yourself enough to know what angle we need to approach. I like that because I'm glad that you yeah. brought that up because, you know, a lot of people do just, yeah, I want to, they don't even know if they want to invest. For sure. You don't even know. They just want to be in real estate. <laughs> exactly. So thank you, thank you for breaking that down. Most definitely. Most definitely. So now I want to get into the multifamily. Like, for sure. Let's get into... What did it look like once you were actually going to buy? You say you bought it for sixty, or you just paid an assignment fee for? for so 50? I paid an assignment fee for sixty. Okay. My, so I actually got it under contract for eight hundred and twenty-five thousand, but of course the wholesaler charged me sixty on top. So I ended up paying around eight hundred and eighty-five thousand. So eight twenty-five was the purchase price, and then sixty thousand on top of that. So my all-in cost was eight hundred and eighty-five thousand. Yeah. I estimated that to be. Worth a little bit less than what it's worth now, though. Okay. So what was you estimating it to be? So I was estimating it to be worth about $2.4, 2500000 You know, once I got my NOIs where mm-hmm. I needed them to be, people going to say, what the hell is NOIs? NOIs is net operating income. That means the amount of money that you net after all operating expenses. So... At the time, I was like, all right, well, I think on some of my two bedrooms, I'm going to get, uh, I don't know, $1,000. I got some two bedroom, one bath, two bedroom, two baths. Majority of them are two bedrooms. And then I got five, three bedrooms. I'm like, all right, on my threes, I'm going to probably be able to get, I don't know, maybe $1,200, $1,254. And on my one bedrooms, I'm going to get maybe $800, $900. As time went on, y'all know the market went crazy yeah. recently. You know rents what I'm went up, rents went yeah, up, it rents went, went up down. crazy, bro. And it's crazy mid project, bro. I went up almost a mil on value. I went from Ooh. almost right. We went from me estimating Sheesh. it being two point four ish, you know, all the way to about three point two, three point three, just by bumping my NOIs, bro. Like it's crazy. You're bringing in crazy amounts of money. Now I got three bedrooms going for sixteen hundred right now. When yeah. I estimate them only yeah, being 12, 12, That's 50. still good. They get Dallas. One bedroom's going for 16. Right. And I see this is a class C converted to a class B. Oh, you know, break I that walk, down. Break that down. Yeah, oh, break man. Down. Let me yeah, get yeah, y'all. Yeah. Let me get y'all some game right now. Right? <laughs> so you got the multifamily space. When you get in the multifamily space, you got to know how apartments are identified. Mm-hmm. Apartment spaces are identified by A class, B class, C class, D class. Mm-hmm. A class apartments are apartments that was built recently within the last five to 10 years. Maybe even 15 years. B-class is apartments built 15 years or 10 years all the way up to 20 years. C-class is 20 years to 30 years. And then D-class is 40 years plus. But when you hear A, good. But usually an A-class is not somebody who owns that apartment by themselves. It's usually through a syndication. Why? It's A-class is new. It's going to take a powerhouse full of people bringing millions of dollars together in order to take it down. Which deals that I do not target. I do not target A-class deals. I like to control the asset. Mm-hmm. B-class is kind of the same. You know, it was probably built in back in 2012. It still looks good, but the rent's not as high as an A-class. A-class rents can be anywhere in between $4,000, $3,000, upwards of $3,000, right? Yeah. And you got your B-class, which it still looks good, but it's not going to have the same amount of amenities. You might not have a spa in there. You might not have a storefront underneath. You might not have any of that. But it still bring you in high rents. Then you're going to have a C-class, 
which is all right. You're gonna pull in right around a thousand dollar mark, twelve hundred dollar mm-hmm. mark. It's in an okay area. Might not be in the best school district. And then you got a D class. Whenever you hear D, you should also think of danger. Mm. Always think of danger. It's going to be in the hood. It's going to be in the slums. I'm talking about you really don't even want to go there to even put a hammer to the nail. It's scary hours. Usually, I don't target those as well. So my goal is to find C-class apartments, which everybody want, everybody can afford. Everybody in this room can afford $1,000 rents, which means I will stay 100% occupied. Mm. And then my goal is to convert it over to a B-class. Which means I'm going to give you the same feels you get at a B, but in a C. So now I'm just, my values go crazy that way, bro. So I heavily focus on C class and then convert them into Bs. So how do you convert them? You just convert them by updating them. You mm. might not change the shell, but you change the inside. You change the heartbeat. You change mm. the blood flow. You change the muscles. You work it out, right? So you get in there and you update everything. The floors, the sheetrock, the carpet. You update the whole electrical system, plumbing system. And there's ways to kill on your NOIs, right? Because the goal is to get the expenses down. So if this apartment was built 30 years ago, 40 years ago, the electrical system, everybody was on one panel. So now I put everybody on separate panels. I run everybody and put everybody on separate panels. Now, so instead of the landlord being responsible for the electricity bill, now the tenants are responsible because I put everybody on separate meters. So, I mean, you just changed the whole structure of the building, bro. So when I first bought it, the rents were going for six fifty, seven hundred dollars $700. Game changed now. My two bedrooms are going for thirteen fifty. Jeez. So I double up. Hell Y'all yeah. heard that nip double up, man. I'm telling you. All right, so you spoke on the importance of controlling your assets. For sure. Why is that important for you? Man, it's super important to me, bro, because, man, I ain't gonna lie. You know, dealing with partnerships is not easy, right? So syndications is not easy, right? I talked to a heavy hitter that was in the e-commerce space recently, bro. And he said, man, he kind of got out of the e-commerce space because, of course, he was on the sales side. People was getting in and then he was finding out that, you know, people wasn't seeing the returns that they wanted to see. See, I can go in a struggle and start hurting for a couple weeks or a couple months or a couple years when I'm hurting. Right. So but if I got 50 people on my team and 50 people not being able to feed their family this month. That's a problem. That's a problem. Big problem. So I prefer to go in and I might bring on an LP or a GP, you know what I'm saying? But it might be one or two people. But in the future, I may get to that point to where I want to bring in people and not really control as much. But I think if I can control the asset as much, not being selfish, but now I'm able to grow a lot quicker. Or you can just go straight into syndications, but you just control a smaller piece of the product. 8%, 9%, 10%. You know, if I'm going to and control the asset myself, I can control 80 plus percent of the project, maybe even 100. It really just depends. And that makes a lot of sense, too. Like, and that's really like that takes a different level of just like maturity and responsibility to just be ready to say and admit like, hey, like I'm cool with taking on the risk for me. For sure. I don't want to take on the risk for other people. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. I'll take it on for me. I know what I can do. You Peace. know, <laughs> exactly that's what it is. Hey, that makes a lot of sense, though. For sure. I kind of want to go back into the complex so once you bought it how long did it take for you to renovate it to upgrade it from a c-class to a b-class it took me from september 2020 if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a big mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your mcdonald's bag as a placemat then that wasn't a road trip it was just a really long drive at participating mcdonald's till about november of 2021 so about a year and two months, somewhere around there. So I have a question as far as like, so with that conversion, right? So with a C to B class, mm-hmm. right? Is this a home inspection now or not a home inspection, but like, am I getting an inspection done? 
what's qualifying or changing the status from C to B? Is that just me knowing yeah, that? Like, or investors just identifying There's no code on it. It's okay. really based off of like, it can be based off of rent prices too, right? It can you. be based off of the feel. Like you walk in here, what would you consider this, an A or a B? What would you consider it? Okay. I'm considering this one A. A, uh, a right? Yeah. So yeah, everything looks really damn nice. It's new. Yeah, everything looks new. Room, looks right? If you walk into my units right now, they look just like this. Huh. Okay. But they were C's though. They were C's based off of it being 30 years old. Mm. The rents was only 600, 700, somewhere around there, right? But now my rents are getting closer into the B status at $1,500, $1,600 price points. You're probably not going to see a C-class apartment mm. at $1,600 price points. So you change the inside of it. You renovate it. And then by pushing the prices up to where it needs to be, it's, that's what pretty much converts it over into a B. It's the amenities, all the things that's around it and stuff like that, too. I got, I got you. you. Laundry so, rooms, all of that. I got put one of those there, too. Oh, damn. Yeah, you set them oh, up yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So I got a question. So, like, <laughs> while you're converting it and upgrading it, are people living there or is this like uh, vacant? Like what's going on? So usually part? whenever people find projects like this, bro, they hurt for a while, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I got lucky, bro, because I had eight out of the 21 units. Well, eight out of the 20. Let's not forget, I converted a laundry room slash storage room into a unit, which converted it to 21 units. But I had eight units out of the 20 filled already but out of the eight only about four or five of them was actually paying rents right mm. the seller was a distressed seller he was a slumlord he really didn't take care of the asset like he needed mm -hmm. to his asset management was horrible that's why the project was in the shape that it was in the mm. eight units that was filled the other 12 units was kind of like a storage space that was old units but the building was kind of shut down due to it being in fire damage so I got lucky that the eight people that was there, new sheriff in town, you pay your rent or you get out. This was before COVID. Nobody can say, oh, COVID here. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? COVID was getting ready to hit, though. But at the time, I was able to have the tenants, the other eight. My mortgage was around $6,000 at the time on the loan that I have right now. And, and that's for the eight. That's who that's paid. That's for the $800,000. That's for the eight hundred thousand plus. I had about another three hundred thousand dollars in construction loan okay. added into yeah. it. Yeah. So my loan amount was right around one point one, one point two million. And you mm -hmm. only paying six thousand. I only pay six. I was only paying six thousand dollars a month for that. Jeez. But that's with a quarter million dollar down payment out of my pocket. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's, that's the only care. reason what pushed that down. Because <laughs> I came up out of my pocket a quarter million dollars, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Only way I got that two fifty is by flipping, guys. By flipping yeah. real estate too. It all came back full it all, circle. It all yeah. come back full circle. So it all come back full circle. So back into like just that renovation process, right? So you got eight people paying the rent. Exactly. So now you're able to fully focus on the other exactly. units exactly. and get those up to date. Exactly. Okay. So I so, went through and done all redone all of them. I'm talking about down to the skeleton. Everything. I did everything down to the skeleton. So actually I have a question with that too, just cause like, you know, I like to do my little real estate list sure. and, 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 sure. and stuff. And I, it seems like a lot of people are kind of scared to take on like fire projects. They are. So like, can you talk to us about that? Like you took on a fire project Man, on I top of vacant. Like, <laughs> like, come on so, now. So you, it goes right back to it, right? The capacity of the want. Nothing hey. scares me, bro. Nothing. I'm going to tell you, I ran across my third flip was a foundation issue so bad I can put a ball in the back of the house and then a road to the front. Ooh. This is no BS. 
I can put a ball in the back of the house, in the back, right here, and it'll roll all the way to the front door. I ain't gonna lie. At that time, I was scared. Don't get me wrong. He's like, what the hell I got my <laughs> like, look, I'm looking like, damn, but I know for a fact, if I do it right, I can make about $70,000, bro. I know I can. Man, so one of my dudes said, hey, man, that's nothing to me. Hey, either you gonna take it, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna show you what to do with it. Once that man told me I'm gonna show you what to do with it, Nigga say, oh, it's game time. Never mind. <laughs> oh, let me do it. Let me see if I can do it. And I'm glad I took that risk. So with the fire damage property, bro, it wasn't that much fire damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, the building shut it down because once you got fire damage on one side of the building, the city come yeah. in and they'll shut you down because now you need to rewire the whole building. Yeah. It was shut down due to that. So it wasn't like bad, like as far as like the wood and everything, like damaged bad, but it did have some fire spots, but I wasn't sweating it because I took it down to the bones anyway. Mm. I did all new beams, like everything, frame, roof, you name it, everything is brand new. Everything you is brand new. That everything, you name it, is brand new. If you walk into my units right now and you look at anything, it's brand right. new, it don't matter what you look at. So where do you get the idea to design the inside of it? Man, that's my favorite part of real estate, bro. That's where the HGTV stuff comes from, <laughs> bro. People hate, look, people get into real estate and they hate HGTV. They say you can't relate to it. To me, you can. Because if you're seeing people making $40,000, $50,000 checks, then I'm going to always look at, well, if they doing it, I can do it. And that's exactly what I did. But, man, that's my favorite part, bro. But by being an agent is also another benefit because at the you time I was walking houses, I know what people want. Yeah. I know mm. what people look like. It's crazy. Mm. My units is the same color walls as these walls in here. Mm. My trim is the same color. My uh, my hardware on my cabinets, I got them same cabinets in my unit right now. <laughs> That's crazy. And y'all staying here, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, because I understand the market. That's the benefits. But HGTV do come in handy for stuff like that because you're able to see what people want. And then I'm able to do the same exact thing and add my own touch on it. Because we sure looked at the Airbnb pictures like, man, hey, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> that look nice. Yeah, man, man, I put a nice... Yeah, and that was actually my first Airbnb, too. But the benefit of that is I put an Airbnb in my own space. I own my yeah, apartment. Let's that. talk let's, about yeah, that, man. Let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about you that. You added a space inside right. of your apartment complex. Man, a space so, but, a space. A space, right? <laughs> so when I first seen that the space, I was just like, dang, like, all right, well... I don't need storage space. Like, I don't need the storage. And then the laundry room is like, all right, that's cool. I can still add a laundry room. I just can move it over to the side. Mm -hmm. So let me convert this space. So when I bring in my contractors, we was already turning most of my units that was only two bedroom, one baths. I was converting them into two twos because Mm -hmm. I know the primary room don't want to share a restroom with their PP son or somebody Mm -hmm. that likes to use the bathroom incorrectly, right? So I know for a fact I need to turn these units into two twos, not two ones. So while they was there breaking the concrete, you know, I said, hey, look, that space across, I want to put a kitchen in there and I want to put a restroom. And like with this little space right here, I'm like, yeah. And what motivated me to do that, when I was on an interview with y'all two, three years ago, I told you how I was spending only about $1,400, $1,500 a month, right? Mm-hmm. Want to know why? Because I was in a small space the size of my studio apartment, my Airbnb I just put on my apartment. It motivated me. I stayed in the apartment the same size as the Airbnb I just created. And I was only paying $666 a month. So I said, well, if I paid that to stay in a space like this, I know somebody else will. For sure. So my expectations was only to get about $800, $900 a month from it because of the location. Mm -hmm. Houston, Texas is going to play. 
you know, rodeo, go crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Medical students gonna wanna come in, especially from COVID. Yep. They gonna rent this space. You got you know, traveling some, nurses. I got the traveling nurses. nurses, right? But my expectation was to only get about $800, $900 a month from it. And so I was like, man, you know what? I don't have an Airbnb yet. I want to put it in these other ones, but you see, at the same time, you really don't want to put it there because you can't refi right. Because I'm going Freddie Mac. Freddie Mac don't count Airbnb income towards your NOIs. Mm, they, want, they, know that. they want that. They want long-term tenants. Yeah. They hate STR. They hate it. Short-term rental. They hate it. They won't count it as income. Mm. So I just took that one space and turned it into an Airbnb, and I love it. Like I said, I put it up about a week ago, but four days after I put it on Airbnb, somebody booked it for a whole month. So almost $2,000 a month in income, which I was only estimating to get $800, $900 a month from. Yeah. The whole complex is just, it's a cash cow, though. It's crazy. It's a cash cow. Come on, man. I got to go pull up on that couch. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm <laughs> telling you. Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, just to know, you know, I'm on my whole residual income stuff now. I mean, it's crazy. And I'm going to use the birth strategy. I'm looking at a 32 unit right now. That's what mm. I was just about to ask. What's next? What's next, next, is, uh, next, I'm going heavily. He- I'm telling you, the next time we get on this online, I'm going to tell y'all right now, I'm going to be on some crazier stuff. My goal is to get up to at least 100 doors by the end of 2023. That's my goal. And all you do is you just recycle the money. So I use a birth strategy. If y'all don't know what birth strategy is, a lot of people may know, but a lot of people don't. Is you buy the property, you renovate the property, you rent out the property, you refinance the property, and do you repeat? Right now, I'm on the second to last all. Mm-hmm. I'm refinancing my apartment. The bank says you can pull out 80% of your value, 80%. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, my loan amount is only 11.2. Mm-hmm. I'm able to pull out 80% of $3.2 million. You do the math, Ooh, I'm on. not gonna do it. Ooh, on, you man. do the math, I'm not gonna do it. You take that money. And then what was the last R I said? Repeat. Repeat. You go buy your money. So now I don't use my $250,000 deposit no more out of my cash. I use the bank money to recycle it using the birth strategy. And you go get you a 50 unit. Mm. And then you just keep leveling up. You just keep leveling up. So my goal now is I'm actually in the process of hiring people to work for Monopoly Real Estate Investments. And the goal now is to be heavily focused in the apartment space. So I'm getting my acquisitions, dispositions, you know, cold calls. Greenhouses to the red. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, now it's just things are just on a whole new level. You know what I'm saying? You just boss up, but it takes time. This is no scamming. This is no fake. This is no fraud. This is real life grind. And it took me two years to do this one project. Mm-hmm. But look at the results, though. Yeah. And it's hard work and dedication. I'm talking about crying at night. Mm-hmm. It's tough. This is not Talk about easy. It. Talk about it, man. Man, this is not easy. Listen, this is not easy. Like, I, let me, this is not easy. Like, I keep saying that, right? You make it look easy. I, of course, because I keep good energy. That's what gets me over the hump. and go right back to it, so right? What's the hardest part? Man, the hardest part, I'm going to tell you, was getting this project during, like, to start off with COVID. I'm going to tell you, that was the hardest thing, was getting the funding. You know, I got a quarter million dollars, but the bank got to issue me the rest, it's almost a million dollars in maxing for the bank for a project with no experience in the apartment space and COVID getting ready to hit. This was going into 2021. COVID getting ready to hit February, March is when I'm on the contract on this deal. And the bank saying, nah, I'm not lending you on this project. The bank that I've been using on my flips, I get mm. discouraged. I probably went through over 100 lenders. Oh, I got emails right now to show the world, bro. How many emails I sent out the banks and people told me no. 
Why is that? Like, why is that when you got that type of bread in the, in the bank? Yeah, yeah. bank. And you can present that well, to them. It was COVID at the time, bro. Mm. During COVID, it was no guarantees that tenants had to pay rent. How Ooh, are you going to pay rent whenever people losing their job? That's that true. makes sense. So mm. imagine, bro, I'm letting y'all know they right now. Hey, I'm that. letting y'all know right now. Let me put that in the, <laughs> let me put that in the mic. I'm letting y'all know right now that it took me a whole two or three months of straight focusing on where is my lender. Damn. Jeez. This giving up the flipping, this giving up my agent side of the business and saying, hey, bro, I need to execute on this deal. Capacity I want, right? I want it that bad. I'm going to create the capacity mm-hmm. to do so by quitting my job, by not being a real estate agent no more and going find me a lender. Every resource that I tried to use in the past didn't even work. I had to create new resources to find a lender. A guy named Vinny Chopra followed me on Instagram, bro like seven, eight months that was in an apartment space before I even ran into, across the apartment. And I was like, damn, this guy look like he doing this thing. I forgot about the guy. Two months in, I finally said, man, let me go through social media now to see if I can find somebody. I was going through internet, Googling, none of that worked. Mm-hmm. My circle didn't work. People that I knew didn't work. Nobody could find the funds. Nobody wanted to land on it. Cool. Vinny Chopper looked like he was doing his thing, right? So I DM him, hey, Vinny, hey, listen, man, I got a crazy cash flowing asset right here in H-Town, Texas, man. I'm looking for funding on it right now. He connected me with a guy named Bo. Bo connected me with a company out in Ohio. Ohio flew in. I went and sat down with them boys at a five-star restaurant, made sure I paid for the meal, and we closed on a deal in time. Mm -hmm. They lent me all the money that was needed. But I had over 100 different emails, probably 300 contacts that told me no. The one out of capacity. You just, the one out of capacity. Yeah. Which one you want? Man. That might be the what title of the, the What was the feeling like whenever you getting denied, denied, denied? It's taking you three months and you got the deal. You're like, look, I got this apartment complex. I really want it. You I only got a get one shot. Do not, Mr. Chance. comes once in a lifetime. You better. That's what it is. You better go get it, man. I ain't going to lie, bro. I'm crying, though. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. My girl was next to me when I was going through it. Like, it's kind of hard to talk to people about certain things because they don't understand. They don't relate to what you're yeah. going through. They don't get it. This your dream we talking about, though. This your dream. This goals we talking about right now. So having somebody next to you to talk to and somebody saying, man, now you got this is what you need. You know what I'm saying? But it was tough, though, bro. Like, I ain't gonna lie. But that's just three months of that. I had three or four months of the seller, the seller trying to back out. I spent twenty thousand dollars on attorney before I even closed the deal. Oh man! What? What? <laughs> oh yes, sir. <laughs> what happened? Man, he tried to back out of the deal, but luckily I had the right things in line. You know what I'm saying? I filed a memo and I had a list pendants in line and made sure that he couldn't back out of the deal. He probably got a better offer. Uh, so he got a better offer. And I had people coming. I had people coming behind me. Actually, somebody mm-hmm. that I know. After I told them about the deal, went and told somebody else, and they tried to come and get tried it out. They tried no. to backdoor me, but they, not knowing I had a memo in line, and the memo, Les Pendens filed on the property, it was nothing that he can do about it. Mm. So I had to hire an attorney, which hit me for $20,000. That's how bad you got to want it. A deal, I spent $20,000 before I even bought the deal. Who going to take that chance? Who going to take that risk? Man. This is real shit. So what was that clause? You say you put a memo and a penance on it? I put a memo on a list penance. So explain that to yeah, me. So, so with both of those, it pretty much just for people who out there that don't understand, like a memo is just saying like, hey, listen, like this guy agreed to it. Like it's on paper. Like this guy agreed to this in front of attorneys and he pretty much signed and said, I'm selling this property. 
And the list pendants is like a small lien. Like we got this mm-hmm. under contract right now. You can't really market this property to nobody. That's kind of like uh, what's the shit that you put down? Almost like a down. Like you talking about like earnest money. Earnest money. money. Yeah. Similar, but like it, more it's a contract it's, based. It's, yeah, it's a little bit more serious. So yeah, for okay. the old, do your research on the memo of list pendants. It's very important, even for wholesalers. I know people that do a memo on the list pendants on a property, mm. even on small deals. They you guarantee to get the deal. That seller sign off. You put that memo in that list pendants. It's a wrap. As long as you got everything properly done in that contract, it's a wrap. It's yours. As long as you perform. But see, I couldn't perform off my contract because he was trying to back out. So he actually hurt himself because if the guy would have let me attempt to perform, I couldn't perform because I couldn't find the funds. Oh yeah. So imagine where I was at mentally, bro. You're like, damn, I'm about to lose this shit, though. Yes, sir. This is tough. This is not easy. <laughs> it's not easy, bro. Jeez. But That's when you see, like, damn, I got this. I can get this for eight hundred thousand. You know, it's potentially worth two point three, two point four. Later on, is not knowing it's about to go up to three point two. That's why you take your risk. Take the risk or lose the chance. It's simple. Mm-hmm. Now, most people will be like, all right, I did all this. I went through all this shit. Now, it's not working. I got to repeat this? Yeah. <laughs> you know <what? laughs> Hey, bro, you know what's up? The crazy thing about it is, is, you know, I never once thought that I was going to lose, though. Yeah. Mm. I never once thought that I was going to lose. I ain't going to lie. If I would have lost that, though. It would have been heartbreaking. Y'all probably wouldn't even hear me talking about multifamily, right? But I'm letting y'all know, bro, Flips. those are the moments that create you, though. Mm. Those are the moments that create you. Man, now I got my money team aligned. Mm. I'm able to tackle the deals. The lenders was like, hey, man, you ain't got your contract aligned up properly. Because remember, I was using all of these different resources. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You got to have one contracting team. And it's so crazy, man. You know, I ain't going to say no names, but I sat in class with a dude at Prairie View A&M University that I gave the opportunity to represent me on this project on the contract side of it. Mm. And he burnt me for over forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars. Oh man! This is a brother that I sat in class with, was trying to build long-term relationships with. So imagine that! Imagine your rehab budget getting hit for fifty thousand dollars. God. So it's part of the game. But at the end of the day, you take the risk or you lose the chance. You keep going no matter what. You create the capacity just by wanting it, right? That's what I'm saying. So it's a lot. It's not easy, right? But at the end of the day, you got to look now. I'm 90% occupied. I'm bringing in 20 plus thousand dollars a month off of the asset. It don't matter, but you got to you gotta look at the end. Check your perspective. If it's worth it, it's not going to be easy. There you go. If it's worth it, it's not going to be easy. I got two more things I want to get in before we wrap this one go up, bro. So the very first thing was you said you didn't have any experience and Linda's really wasn't messing with you. For, for sure. Did you have to bring someone on who did have I did. experience? I did. So initially got the apartment and I found out that, of course, the lenders don't want to lend. Mm-hmm. You got people that are signed on a loan for you. People just will sign on a loan for you for 5% of the deal. Mm. So that's actually what I actually did. At the beginning, I said, hey, listen, I met a partner, somebody that was already in the apartment space, already grandfathered into Freddie Mac. You kind of want to go to Freddie Mac route on the back end on a refi because you're able to get better interest rates. Mm-hmm. It's a better deal. And I was like, this is a win-win. So if I bring him in at 5%, I keep 95% oh, of I'm still controlling the asset as much as possible. Let's do it. And then I eventually said, you know what? I'm going to give you another 5% if you bring $50,000 to the table. The guy gave me $50,000 up front for me to give up 10% of the asset. 
Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's a win, though. So it's ways, you know. So if the banks say, you know, that was at the beginning. If the banks say, like, hey, you don't have no experience, you can go find experience and just have them sign on a loan. People just sign on a loan for 3%, 4%, 5% of the deal. But that's nothing, you know what I'm saying, on a huge asset like that. Damn. And one of the last things I wanted to get into. So once again, you had 90% occupied. How many of those original eight were able to stay? Anybody still? It's there? crazy, bro. I don't know if y'all boys seen my Instagram why he evicted a guy. He had a whole yes. bunch of you seen yes. that, right? <laughs> so go uh, follow me on Instagram, real estate pass underscore, real estate pass underscore. If you go on, I got a video why he evicted a guy recently. He had some crazy stuff in the unit. I ain't gonna speak about it on the podcast. But it was funny. It went for like, you know, a crazy amount of views on my stories and on my page. I got to go check that out. So, <laughs> so out of the eight, bro, one was a maintenance man. I got him out early. I didn't really need him no more. Mm-hmm. I had my own contractor team. I was down to seven. About two months in, three months in, I had a guy that was selling a lot of drugs on the complex. The goal is, is to control the asset. You need asset management. You can't bring in tenants saying you want to, you know, charge $1,600 a month. Mm-hmm. You got people on the site selling Doing drugs. drugs yeah. So I was able to get him out. And then another guy, I ended up getting him out probably about six months ago, right before I started transitioning mm-hmm. to putting new tenants in. And then probably about two months ago, it took me an additional four months to get this next guy out because he was finding loopholes. He hired an attorney and was finding loopholes on how to actually stay in. So out of the eight, I'm only down to four that's original. I didn't renovate those four units, but I renovated the others. Mm-hmm. So 17 out of the 21 are completely mm-hmm. remodeled, and the four are still kind of in existence as they were whenever I bought the building. Hey, man. That's dope, dog. And I also was able to raise their rents based off of what's going on next, to, next to them. You know, like I said, some of the rents was $600, $700. Now I got a two-bedroom that was only paying around $750, now paying $1050. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's just Yeesh. ways of winning the game, though, bro. That's ways of winning the game. But, hey, it's level-up season, though. This is just one. Right? You just keep going. You keep going. You keep going. Using the birth strategy. Refine and just repeat. Hey, man. Appreciate you for all this game. You've been dropping this a lot of gems. This has been an amazing episode, my Great brother. energy, man. For uh, sure. Facts. Always. So, we got one last question. Go for it. What is your favorite personal finance tip or strategy or, you know, lifestyle that you live by that you can share with the audience? Man, mine's is still almost the same as it was the last time I spoke with y'all, man. In order to succeed in life, the goal is to live below your means until you can reach a level to where your assets is paying for your dreams. Your assets mm. is paying for your cause. Your assets are paying for the house, you know. Like, you can't go out and get the $5,000 a month car if you only bring in $7,000 a month. So it's really don't, like, people can make $50,000 a year or you can make $100,000 a year. Both of those people are still in the same boat. It really bases that $50,000 a year person can make more money than, I mean, can have more money than a $100,000 a year person based off of how much money they spend. So the goal is live well below your means. The My way of getting to this spot right now where I own you know, I became a multi-millionaire, bro, in just four years in real estate, you know what I'm saying, by being able to leverage the amount of money that I have and not spending it on crazy things. I didn't go get the high rise. I stayed in a small studio apartment. You know what I'm saying? I slept in my sister's living room on the ad mattress with my son and my girlfriend at the time. You know what I'm saying? It's the sacrifices and also go into the TBM OPM strategy. Build your credit. Get that 720 credit score. 
Go open the LLCs because the banks will lend you on every one of those LLCs if you got two years of history with those LLCs. You can buy them. I'm you telling can buy previously established. You can buy previously established LLCs. If somebody own an LLC right now and they've been owning it for five years, they open it, but they ain't doing nothing with it. You can buy it from them. Go get the business phone number, not the personal number. The business website. Don't get the Gmails, the Yahoo's. Go get you a .com. And you walk in the bank and you tell the bank, at the end of the day, the bank not going to, they can't ask you for financials. People hate Trump, but Trump allowed that to happen, right? Where you can walk in the bank and you do not have to provide your financials. You can tell them and they can or cannot go off of what you told them. So if you tell the bank, I make $100,000 a year and they ask you for your financials to prove that, you do not have to prove it. So I'm telling you, yes, I'm telling you, get get your shit in line. And you can go use the bank money. Go get you some lines of credit, bro. Make sure that it's not, your LLCs are not in the name of real estate because when the market crashed in 07, 08, those names of people be pulling out all these loans were affiliated with real estate names. So make sure you do not name the company that you're getting funding out of a real estate name or they will deny you. So you want it to be named something totally different. Blackwell Renaissance. What is that? The bank don't really know. Right. Mm-hmm. We know as a community, we everybody know, but the bank don't know. But if you go in and black real estate, something or monopoly real estate investments, I don't get funding out of monopoly real estate investments. I get funding out of a different company. Mm-hmm. So just know yourself. OPM, man, live well below your means until you get to where you want to be at, man. That's one thing that I'm going to give back and tell the people they need to do in order to be successful. Financial tip. Yeah. capacity. Appreciate you again, Appreciate my brother. You, for sure. For sure. For sure, for sure. Let the people know where they can follow you at, tap into you, see everything that you got going man, on. Man, y'all can check me out, man. Real Estate Paris underscore on Instagram. And of course, Paris Washington on Facebook, man. I'm not really on Twitter and stuff like that, but y'all can definitely follow me on Instagram. That's why I do a lot of my heat. I'm getting ready to get a little bit more active on uh, YouTube, but my YouTube channel is called The Biggest Purchase. Of course, because real estate is one of the biggest purchases, you know, known to man. Mm-hmm. But man, y'all definitely tap in with me, man. Hit me up, real estate Paris underscore. If y'all trying to get it on Instagram, hey y'all, tap sure. in, tap, tap in, in, tap in. So we get into a few house cleaning items. Once again, y'all, thank you for tuning into another amazing episode, season four. We come with that pressure. We come with the heat, oh, man. We come with the heat, man. I want y'all to know that, like, Ooh. we not letting up. This is what, like, our fourth episode in H Town, and we still got a lot of heavy hitters coming through. Uh, I want y'all to please leave that five star rating and review. Make sure you leave us a review, dog. It just takes 10, 15 seconds. Like, it's gonna help us out so much. If y'all really fuck with your boys, leave us a review. Leave us a review. What y'all got, my brothers? Hey, I just wanna say, everybody. Thank you for rocking with us. Subscribe to our podcast. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube if you're watching this on YouTube. Hit that little bell. Hit the little bell, the notification bell. And check out our BWR Academy, man. We're doing a lot of great stuff in there. You learn about 401ks. You learn about IRAs. Learn about real estate. Yeah, we're going to see if Paris will come teach a class in that moment. I'm on it. You can learn about crypto. I'm showing you what I'm purchasing in crypto. You learn about different stocks. You learn about a whole bunch of stuff. So check in with us on BWR Academy. For sure, man. Y'all keep rocking with us. Thank you for checking out all the episodes. Y'all be sure to check the show notes. There's going to be some special stuff in there for y'all as well. And this episode was brought to you by, oh, it would be cool if your company name was right there. So I need you to hit me up so you can go ahead and get those sponsorships. Rock with your boys. We finna be opening some spots. Hit us up. This Black Wealth Renaissance signing out. Peace.
When it comes to clothes, it's great to have options. But having pieces that you can wear anywhere is a must for everybody. That's why American Giant makes clothing that fits into your life seamlessly, with quality you have to feel to believe. And with an impressive selection of staples to choose from, there's something for everyone. So whether you're on the hunt for the perfect t-shirt, a solid pair of jeans, or super soft sweatshirts, American Giant has what you're looking for. Each American Giant piece is designed to last and created with commitment to doing things better. And all their products are made right here in America. Because keeping things local ensures the kind of quality you'll feel and appreciate for years to come. Discover the American Giant difference today. Shop wear anywhere closet staples at American-Giant.com. And get 20% off your first order when you use code WA23 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code WA23. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a place Matt, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.